Welcome to Curiosity Killed the Cat, the podcast where we talk about whatever we want to. And today we will be talking about the Beast of Rupersville. Warning! The following presentation is intended for mature audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of crime scenes, murder, sexual assault on minors, arson, adult dialogue, and strong language. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay, so this is a case of the Beast of Rupersville, which was the biggest murder case in Swiss history and also uh, warranted Swiss officials to put out the biggest reward ever for a tip in Swiss history. So our case starts on the 21st of December 2015 at around 11.20am when residents of Rupersville, a town with about 5,000 inhabitants, uh, just about like 30 kilometers west of Zurich, called the fire brigade to a neighboring family house, which was emitting thick smoke. The fire brigade was on site in less than 10 minutes and they quickly broke into the building, but there was so much smoke and heat that only respiratory protection teams from the brigade could actually venture into the house. And the Rupersville Fire Department actually had to be re- reinforced by colleagues from the neighboring district. Firefighters quickly found four child bodies in the multi-story house and the fire was soon put out, leaving hardly any traces on the outside of the house. As soon as the bodies were discovered, uh, police were called and around 30 officers responded present, immediately cordoning out the district. Um, Soon after, employees from the public prosecutor's office and the criminal police and the Institute for Forensic Medicine arrived at the scene because a violent crime just could, couldn't be like eliminated from the scope of possibility because they didn't know how these people had died. They had no way of seeing the way they had died without conducting a full autopsy, which would take at least 48 hours. So they needed police to be there and treat it like a crime scene. Or like if it was arson or like accidental. Yeah, exactly. And they had, you know, they needed like forensic tests and stuff for that. So anyways, the bodies were so charred actually that they would only be able to identify them through um, DNA testing. And unfortunately, the scene was so shocking and brutal that all of the firefighters involved were driven away from the scene of the fire in order to receive further psychological care at around 2.30 p.m. That's actually insane. The fact that like something was so shocking that they needed like psychological care. I've never heard of um, a murder case where like experts who are trained in the field have to to deal with it, have to have care on the day of to deal with it. They're already like desensitized to it. And so the fact that like this music was like really bad. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Intense. 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 <laughs> Evidently. Anyways, so <laughs> police did some testing and they quickly discovered that all of the bodies had considerable stab and cut wounds. Um, and the first forensic tests uh, kind of show that the fire had been lit uh, purposefully so we don't actually know what this is swiss police is really really secretive about ongoing cases and even cases once they're closed just mm-hmm. because they have really strict privacy laws so we cancel don't know. swiss police <laughs> yeah <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is we we have practically no information up until the day of the trial 
While the autopsies were being conducted at the Institute for Forensic Medicine at Aral Cantonal Hospital, police started to investigate their first potential lead. Um, Neighbours had spotted an unknown white car speeding around the neighbourhood the day of the murder, and especially around the fire around the time the fire was started. And it seemed, although unclear, to be driving away from the scene of the murder. The day following the crime, police were able to identify the victims who were revealed to be Carla Shower, 48, who had a long-term boyfriend who lived with her and her two sons, who were also revealed to be called Davin and Dion, and they were 13 and 19 respectively. Um, however, the mum's boyfriend, who's uh, called Georg Metzger and was 47, was most certainly not among the victims because he had been sitting at work all day and he was very much alive. Um, but he also had an alibi for the entire day, which could be confirmed by his employer. So he was no longer uh, a person of interest because in these types of cases, police always look um, at the family and the romantic endeavors of uh, mm -hmm. the victims but that's like also interesting because i was like thinking even though he had an alibi that could be confirmed by his employers what if he like hired someone you think he was like maybe or what if he like did some cool like technical thing to like light the fire at a certain time he like when controlled he wasn't the there. oven yeah. from like the outside <laughs> in <laughs> but it's also like it's also really interesting because like most murders are from like people like, that they know crimes. yeah so, isn't like, that crazy Oh, we'll get, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Especially as, like, her and, her, like, her two sons. Like, exactly. her family. And another victim, but we still don't yeah. know who um, that is yet. So, yeah, police first interviewed him because he was obviously her boyfriend. Something could have gone wrong, gone into, like, a fight. He decided he's just going to murder everyone. Um, but Same. It, it, was, it was As you do. But it wasn't him. So the manhunt began. How did they know it wasn't him? He was at work all day. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. So, like, a solid alibi. How did they know it wasn't one of the dead people? Because they were dead. Okay, this is... So, this <laughs> is... It it's basically forensics. They looked at the wounds and they were not self-inflicted. Oh. oh, so it wasn't, oh. like, a murder-suicide situation. Exactly. That's one of the first things they Yeah, that's why I was, like... Yeah. Yes. Um, anyways, so Carla's ex-husband and the biological father of the children was next on the list of people of interest. Obviously. Obviously, like, you know, divorce gone sour. Ex-husband. Ex-husband. Ex yeah. So he was interviewed, but he was also quickly cleared as a person of interest. Um, I'm not sure why, but the reason they gave was that he lived in the canton of Luzerne. As um, if he couldn't drive. Which is like a 45 minute As drive. As if he couldn't drive across the whole of Switzerland in like two hours. It was like, it's like a 45 minute drive away <laughs> too, so. I guess if they like took it out of the canton, it wouldn't be like a Zurich police case anymore. It's not Zurich. It's an Argyle. It's, like, it's an Argyle. <laughs> or whatever, in that canton, does not matter. In that cantonal area. Anyway, so he was interrogated by police and his alibi also could apparently be confirmed by his work colleagues. It's now two days after the murder, and the fourth victim was identified as Dion, the eldest brother, let me remind you. His 21-year-old girlfriend, Simona F. Police also made a super-duper interesting discovery that day. Carla Shower was seen on security tapes withdrawing money from an ATM and a bank counter in Rupersville at 9.50 and 10.10 a.m. on the morning of the crime. This means that she wasn't alive like an hour before her murder, 
Um, but it's unclear whether her two sons and the son's girlfriend were alive when she was. So, mm. suspicious. Um, so when, when did the house burn down? 10, 11, 20. Oh my god. And at 10, 10, she was like out and about in town, withdrawing money. And it's always sketchy when someone's withdrawing, withdrawing huge money. sums of money. Well, they didn't say how much, <gasps> how much I didn't even oh, okay. think of that. That what? she's like getting money out? Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it gets from worse. two different, it gets worse. from an ATM and a bank counter. So oh my god! Maybe, so it had to be like a lot of money. Yeah, because you can't get that much money out of an Olivia ATM. Olivia doesn't know. The right, doesn't know all of my is. reactions are very candid. I know. Me and Alyssa know the rough story, but Charlotte mm-hmm. knows all the details. All the details. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so police thoroughly searched the house, the fields near the house, and they found no murder weapon, which is very difficult because you can like convict people based on that. They didn't have a murder weapon. Um, and they also said that because there was more than, or because there were four bodies, it was also wise to consider that there could potentially be more than one killer. An organized crime, perhaps. So many loose ends. No. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> investigators also said that this could have been a completely random crime, but it could also be like a passion crime that, so the killer knew the victims, but they literally had no way of knowing. So it could have been literally anyone they had no leads whatsoever but it appears that police did know whether the kids were dead when carlo went to get the cash because um mr feaster who's the spokesperson for the council police said that for the sake of the investigation he couldn't say anything which suggests that like he knew what was going on and also in the call for witnesses police were asking people to like come forward with any information on the state of Carla when she was at the bank like how she looked how she appeared mm. to be feeling and if anyone saw any accompanying persons or any observations regarding like suspicious or like distress vehicles stuff, yeah in the vicinity of the bank location did they like come to any conclusions of that like did they get any leads of like how she was so they got over I think I can't remember, but they got a huge amount of leads eventually. But this suggests to me that police saw that she was being coerced or blackmailed into getting the money. That it had like definitely had a link. Oh. Yeah, because they're like, is she in distress? Is she were they like... saying like she was like being acting strange? They well, they were asking people to come forwards if they'd seen her acting strange. And like, so an amount of people did. So that clearly, like, I'm assuming they did. They again, they're like. So they took her money and killed her. That's so rude. <laughs> So rude. So rude. Um, police col- um, gave out leaflets and they also asked for any dash cam recordings of people who were driving around in the area and they ended up getting six, I believe. Um, and they received several dozen leads like following the day of the murder. And then we have the biggest case or break in the case yet. Um, a few hours after the fire was discovered and put out, two men were treated for their cuts at a chemist in Wollen, which is a city around 13 kilometers south of Rupertsville. So we have these two men who are at a chemist with superficial cuts who were getting treated by professionals, which means they couldn't take care of them, the cuts themselves. Mm-hmm. So maybe these were like, you know. Knife cuts? No, but like cuts from people fighting back. Yeah, like nail scratches oh or oh just like bumping around. Yeah. So they thought these two men were the people who like, were, like did suspicious, it. And maybe they but, are. We don't but know. They couldn't yet. identify them. They like had no idea who these people were. Do they know what kind of cuts it was though? No, they just said superficial cuts. Oh. Anyways, six days after the murder, Cantonal police reached out to Interpol um, and they essentially begged for the help um, and any information that they could help them with. 
Um, and police also revealed that Carla was dead at 10.56. Um, so specific. Yeah, that's really specific. Um, but they made no such statement <laughs> about the other victims. I don't, I don't know why, but 10.56. She was dead. She was but that's also like 25 minutes before the, the neighbours called the police, right? Yes. So yeah. she was killed and then they waited half an hour and then set the house on well, no, fire. Oh, that's when people noticed the fire. Yeah, because the fire needs also uh, time to develop. And then yeah, the smoke. They, yeah, because whoever like set the fire or whatever, it's, the fire was set from the inside and they had to like And there was a multi-story uh, house. Likely, likely also I'm just very to stupid, have some time to get away before the fire just like went crazy because then yeah. they'd be like seen and it would be really suspicious. So. Yeah. True. Okay. Okay. So later that night, a forensic psychiatrist was interviewed, and he said that he believed that the perpetrators had already committed a crime before. That this wasn't their first offense, and he explicitly assumed that there was more than one perpetrator, um, which was kind of makes sense why police were looking for crimes abroad with Interpol um, because they may have already had contact with the judiciary system in Switzerland or abroad. Um, also, if there was more than one perpetrator, it would make sense because one could have stayed with the victims or potentially hostages while another went with Carla to like, get the money. On the 8th of January, 19 days after the brutal murders of and after the full autopsies were completed, the bodies of Carla, Devin and Dion Shower were finally buried during a service at the local church. Over 700 people were in attendance and the building was so full that people had to stand outside for the entire ceremony because they couldn't get a seat inside because the church only had around 300 standing seats. Um, and the ceremony for the girlfriend took place the next day and the community was just as present as the day before. That must have been so shocking because it's, it's like a, small a small town. town. It's not like this is like this happened in the middle of Zurich. And it's like yeah. four people just This isn't dead. like it's New York and people just yeah. get murdered down the street yeah. every day. Like this was really <laughs> shocking. <laughs> it's like in a village. Like Switzerland. In like a, a small village. village. It's not just like a, it's like 4,000 people, that's tiny. Aww. Yeah, It's like really nice to how like and basically the entire town like attended their funeral. Like, so yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> so they didn't know who had killed them yet. They had no clue. Either. Can you imagine being in the town? Like, yeah. yeah. That you could like, be a neighbor. Like, it could be your what parent. Was, like, I would have laughed. I was going to do it again. Well, like, they uh, had no way of knowing. Oh my god! And, and since they knew that he'd done it before, he might like do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ooh. I propose to you our very first theory. Um, three weeks after the murder, a neighbour was interviewed by the tabloid newspaper Blick. Must know it was a tabloid newspaper. They did a lot of reporting during this crime of like various, you know, degrees of legitimacy. But they interviewed <laughs> this neighbour and he said, open quote, it is said that Carla and her boyfriend separated a week before the crime. Mm-hmm. There was a quarrel. Oh, end quote. It was a quarrel. There was a quarrel. The rumors actually got so bad that Georg, the boyfriend, had to like go to the newspaper and make a comment that, open quote, we are far from a separation. It was full of harmony between us until the end, end quote. So I feel really bad for Georg. He also wrote a book after this whole Aww. thing was done. I feel really bad for Okay, him. the neighbor, I love how the neighbor was just like gossiping. I was like, I think Carl and her boyfriend separated yeah. and they were like fighting. And so people were like, it's like, okay, neighbor. Okay, yeah, neighbor. Back down. Calm Give down. the spotlight You back. don't know what's happening. Exactly. Like, if anything, we think it's you. That makes sense. Yeah, neighbor. neighbor. <laughs> Sketchy Ooh, maybe neighbor. Maybe it's the neighbor. Maybe it is the neighbor. And they called the, the police exactly. being like, oh my God. You know? Okay. Anyway, okay. anyways, yeah. so, on. police commented on the 13th of February, which is like over a month 
after this happened. That's like... They explained why they were struggling to find any leads because, first of all, a lot of the evidence was just burnt because there was a fire. And even if it hadn't burned, the evidence may be too damaged to, like, be used. The entire house was essentially covered in soot, um, making it really difficult to identify things like blood or any other bodily fluids that may be on the floor. You know, they have, like, those lights for those. And they couldn't say anything because... You know, even with the best technology, if it's just covered, you won't be able to yeah. see it. Um, and also, because the fire was put out with water, a lot of evidence could have been like washed away, like hairs. <laughs> this is such or... like an unideal situation. This is such like, a this bad is so situation. bad. There's like everything went against them on this yes. one. And the whole town is just in fear. Yeah, the whole <laughs> town is like, <laughs> like and they like terrible. can't do anything about it. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> we can't. So. Well. On the 18th of February, a reward of 100,000 francs was put forward for any tips that would lead to an arrest. And this was actually the highest reward that was ever proposed for a tip in Swiss history. Um, they had received over 250 tips. They had conducted over 110 um, interviews and evaluated six dash cams. And they still didn't have a perpetrator. Um, police also revealed how much money was withdrawn by Carla on the morning of the murder. Mm, this is this is juicy because she withdrew nine thousand eight hundred fifty francs from the bank counter. Oh my, oh God. my God! And a thousand euros from an ATM. Which Euro is actually the never limit, need that much money. Which is actually the limit that the ATM <laughs> would allow. No, but it, like it makes yeah. it so much more. Did suspicious. they not like get like weirded out at the bank? No, because she had the money. Like true, it's like they can't. Like, yeah, they, you know, like they maybe she was like, buying like a you. home studio system or something. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, she withdrew nine thousand. No, it was like it was like second hand, and she was paying for it in cash. Anyway, such <laughs> <laughs> a good theory. <laughs> That's why I'm here. They also announced that evidence had been found at the scene, namely DNA traces and some fingerprints, which was compared to the people who lived in the house's DNA and fingerprints and it wasn't theirs, so. Oh. Oh. So it's like, what? okay, but anyone else could have been in the house like two right, days Right, before. right, 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 But they also compared it to Swiss, German, and eventually European uh, databases and they didn't find anything. Um, yeah, which is interesting because that psychiatrist earlier said that he believed that they would already have been like in contact with the law, so. But maybe it just hadn't been in Europe though. Maybe. 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 For legal reasons, and this is what makes this case so frustrating to me, they couldn't mass test people in the neighborhood because Swiss laws are, again, really restricted with DNA and stuff. So they couldn't just round up everyone in the neighborhood and be like, right, give me a cheek swab. Like, they just couldn't do that. <laughs> give me a cheek swab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sure what? Exactly what they <laughs> that same day, police actually revealed that... Um, some of and they couldn't be sure but they assumed that all of the victims had been tied up with cable ties and tape as well as having stab and slash wounds all over their bodies so it's definitely like violent this is outsider crime like, yeah yeah 100%. Like, like they couldn't have done this to themselves yeah um and they also revealed that um the task force that was working on this case was actually the largest one the country had ever seen working on a single case, which is, like, insane to me. I mean, I kind of understand, though, because also, like, Switzerland just has this reputation for being safe. And, like, I feel like everyone in Switzerland, like, knowing the people yeah. here, like, pride their country on being safe. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Especially in a small In a, in a small, small village. Yeah. In a small yeah. canton, too. Yeah. Suddenly, it's, like, like, four also, like, bodies. like, living here, like... 
if this happened near us, we'd I would terrible. be so shocked. I'd be like, bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, bye. Like, See ya. It would be shocking. Police highlighted that they did have a DNA sample um, and they believed it to be of the murderer. Um, and theoretically, the DNA could be used to um, read any diseases the person has or had had. Um, as well as their ethnicity, which could be roughly defined under the three categories of Caucasian, Asian, or African. However, um, they weren't allowed to do this because in 2005, a law was passed called the DNA Profile Act, um, which means that police were only legally allowed to use this DNA to determine the person's sex, which is so frustrating because if they were able to narrow it down even the by like the smallest amount by like general ethnicity groups, they probably this also could have helped like mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, I think it would like cases like this, you just need to narrow down as much as possible, like yeah. whatever that can help. Exactly. You know? And they weren't allowed to do that, but they were allowed to collect DNA from the immediate neighborhood, like the houses around, um, which irritated a lot of people because they thought they were being like accused of being murderers, which yeah. is a bit dramatic. Okay, yeah. you just asked, like, like, If you weren't the murderer, or... then okay. <laughs> exactly. And... Swiss yeah, like, were, shouldn't bother you if you are. Exactly. Yeah. And Swiss laws were actually so, so strict with DNA that if a match didn't immediately come up, police had to, like, delete the DNA. They couldn't store it um, for later testing. Um, if, like, more DNA samples came in or something, um, which is really annoying. And the head of police um, actually said that, open quote, if DNA laws weren't so restrictive, a case like Rupertsville would be solved much quicker, end quote. Obviously. Obviously. Do we, like, know why they're so restrictive? Just for, like, privacy? Exactly, because the thing is, like, privacy, if police has your data, like, you know, it's suspicious. But also, the other argument is, if you're not the killer, you have nothing to be afraid of, so. Exactly. And it's, like, like, because police, it's not, like, it's, like, a private, like, thing. It's, like, a government, like, you know. People don't trust the police, I guess. I don't know. Okay, so police revealed in early March that they had access to the mobile phone connections in the area. So they requested the data and they were granted access to it by the courts, um, which means that they had access to the details of everyone whose phone connected to the nearest phone tower um, to the house around the time of the murder. Um, this meant like a lot of work because thousands of connections are made like every single minute. Your phone doesn't even have to be on or like sending a text or a call or to connecting to internet signal. to be connect like yeah. connecting to the signal um so they had to look through every single phone connection um and also it was really annoying because the house was near a train track where trains were going by which means all of the passengers phones had also connected to this phone tower at the time oh. of the murder so they also had to eliminate all these people and it's thought that throughout the case, they sifted through 30,000 phone connections, which cost them over 800,000 francs. Oof. Oh, my God. Yes. Did that lead to anything? <laughs> they didn't say how they actually found him, the killer. They didn't? They didn't say. That's so annoying. That's, that's, like, that's like the interesting oh. part. And they like, really, <laughs> probably like wasted so much money. Yeah. In this. So much he money, so much, so much time. time. Like, he kind of did his job. Like, the killer, like succeeded and oh no okay you know what i mean but he, no, he, yeah. like, if he if he wants to piss off police and like cause a scene and that's exactly scared, what that's he exactly did. what he did yeah 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 true okay, okay. So we have some important updates later that month uh they found some of the traces of the bills that carla had taken out at the bank 
um, which they were further investigating. So these bills had been spent um, and were back in the economy. So um, obviously it like wasn't um, like Carla planning to use it. Like someone had taken the mm-hmm. money and just used it. Exactly. And also yeah. potentially a money motive. Hmm. Something we might want to keep in mind. Um, they also followed up on the small white car I mentioned earlier and it didn't have any connection to the crime. And also um, the two men that were treated for their cuts also had no connection to the crime. Carla's father, mum and brother actually refused their inheritance completely, um, which was the house, and including the money from its potential sale, they voiced their support for the neighbours who uh, were pushing for the house's demolition. I like that. I think that's sweet. I think that's nice that they didn't like... The house was worth almost 900,000 francs. Really? And they didn't keep any of it. I think that's really good. Like, that, like, shows that, like... Yeah. They care more for well, obviously. But would but, it like, not have been possible to sell the house and then use that money to like fund her? The, f- the like, case was being funded anyway, so. Also, okay. that proves that it probably wasn't like them. I guess. Do you know that's what I mean? like money. That like mo- that's that's a serious. That's I mean, like, obviously at this point they were like be... cleared from the investigation. Yeah, so even so, even so, I guess. On the thirteenth of May, Carla's father, called George took the, to the media to express that he and his family would not truly find peace of mind until the murder was found. However, George and his family would not have to wait long because oh only eight hours after that interview, police announced at a press conference in the neighbouring town to Rupertsville that they had caught their killer. No way! The moment we've Same all day. been yeah. waiting for. Wait, the so day he made that statement. How, this was like five, six months later? Yeah. I know, that's, like, crazy, though. And it happened like, on the same day? <laughs> hmm? Ooh. And, like, it, like, they found him on the day of, like, in that, that's crazy. No, the father of the victim made a statement. Yeah, and but they day. found him the day yeah, of yeah, the, the statement. The, yeah. The father, they, like, they, manifested it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, the murderer was a 33-year-old Swiss man who lived in Rupertsville, and he was registered as a student and was not personally known to the victims. But... Due to a uh, Swiss law, the name of the killer can actually be revealed. He went by Thomas N in the media, though, so it wasn't that far of a stretch, I guess. Originally, Thomas N, who had known about his paedophilic tendencies for years, had actually just intended to kidnap Davin Shower on his way to school. He was a 13-year-old boy. At some point, however, he had the idea of using a ruse to gain access to the family home, and he decided to do that instead. Um, the indictment describes in great detail how this act took place. So if you're a little bit sensitive to this, I'd recommend you maybe skip this bit. Um, Even though it's the most interesting bit. But like, yes. this is the, this is this the is really, bit. This is this really, this is really graphic. Yeah. yeah. Scary bit. So his ruse was extremely insidious. Um, on the morning of the incident between 5.30 and 6am, he went on a walk with his two dogs and he passed the shower family home. He saw a white car parked there, which he assumed belonged to Carla Shower's partner, um, and he decided this was his time to take action. He went back home and he packed his backpack with him. This bag contained six bottles of torch oil, zip ties, a knife, an electric lighter, duct tape, gloves, a face mask, and sex toys. On the way to the house, he bumped into a white car, which we can only assume was that of Carla Shower's partner. Between 7.30 and 8 a.m., he rang the doorbell, and Carla opened it for him. He pretended to be Dr. Sebastian Mayer, school psychologist, 
and showed her a fake business card. Um, he also showed her a fake letter from the school district where her son went to, and he said that there was a school a girl, sorry, he was being bullied to the point of suicide, and her son had something to do with it, and he had to talk to her now. Everything's and so she, like sinister, like yeah. Yeah. And you she would let, never doubt oh that God. as like a mother. As, as a well, mother, you would, you would feel like, like so horrible that your son was involved with this. You Imagine being yeah. so like sick in the head that you would lie about that. But, yeah, yeah and also, but he just this just proves that like, he thought of like an alibi that was so like there was no chance that she would like say no that about he, that. She, like, yeah, but also that you would like do so, but I don't like I think someone's like in the moment she didn't think of this but usually your school psychologist wouldn't come to your door yeah that's already like a red flag but and they had to issue a statement after being like this would never happen yeah Yeah, like don't fall in the moment i would i would not yeah Yeah, it's so shocking he had like he had a letter oh I'm getting like it's just like as a mom you're just like yeah and so she was absolutely stunned and she invited him into the house and she offered him coffee um, after a 20-minute conversation with him, detailing the bullying incident, essentially, she went to wake up her son, Davin. Oh, my God. He, like, this guy, I feel like this is such, like, a so, thing of, like, psychopaths, that they're so he, strategic. Like, and they're so, probably is one. Like, so, like, he just had a 20-minute conversation with his mom about mentioned. something that yeah. didn't happen. And, and he thought it through so much that so he could have a detailed 20-minute conversation about it. it. So, like, he must have been so, like, sneaky and so... Yeah, he was really oh. good at this. He oh was good. God. And also, he probably knows that moms are very, like, vulnerable when it comes to, like, their kids. Yeah. Like, she, obviously, she, and like, it's no just... one as a mom wants to believe that your son's done yeah. this. And also, but... if you're a mom, you're not going to, like, deny, be like, I know my son didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's going to be like, just tell me the whole story. Just tell me oh. what happened. Exactly. So, she went to wake up her son, and now the killer was talking to her son. And eventually after a short conversation he threatened the 13 year old and forced his mother to handcuff her eldest son dion and his girlfriend they both slept on the second floor and he forced them to handcuff them by the hands and legs and to shut their mouths with adhesive tape the youngest son was also handcuffed afterwards that's like so traumatizing because it's like I your know. own mom doing it to you but then she's like forced by this that like, is like dude that's so much worse than him so doing worse. it i feel like he like yeah. enjoyed this he enjoyed yeah. he enjoyed he, this yeah. like every moment every, but you can tell just by the way he came into the house there is more guys <clears throat> do not yes so thomas and he lied to carla shower and told her that he was only interested in money so if she could get him money from the bank and bring it to him here then he would he would go he'd let all of them go and this is a really interesting part of the act because a neighbor came to pick up the family dog for like the morning walk. She took her dog and the family's dog on a walk with them them every morning and she didn't notice anything <laughs> of what was going on inside the house. I think I'm assuming they were like on the second floor or something and she just didn't like notice. And anything. if it's like a routine oh thing, she's probably just like, oh, the dog Take the come dog, here and then oh, just go. close the door. Bye. Yeah. yeah. That's so sad. Like yeah. that could have changed everything. Yeah, and he actually took a picture of Carla with his mobile phone um, and he lied to her saying that he would send it to his accomplice and tell him which bank she was going to. Um, After her return, she would find a note at home stating where she should deliver the money and that he would, he, Thomas, would wait there with her youngest son. So, but he didn't actually have an accomplice. He, he didn't just, have an accomplice. He's just like, threatening her to say, "Don't you dare yeah, yeah. do anything." Exactly, and That's I think like, so scary. we can all understand why, as a mum, she went out there and she came back. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. She could have run and got police. Yeah, yeah. but then she's but probably she, just like, 
because she's a mum, like this is like her kids exactly. and another mum's kid exactly. on the line. Yeah. I mean, if I was a mom in this situation, I would definitely believe that he has an accomplice. Yeah. I, think I would go back. Like, I would just, yeah. Like, I don't think anyone would question why she did that. Um, but so Carla uh, withdrew 9,850 francs from her account. And actually the 1,000 francs that were taken out of the ATM were from the girlfriend's accounts. After returning to the house, she was handcuffed by Thomas. The mom. Yes. Then Thomas N. sexually assaulted the youngest son and filmed the entire thing. He used the sex toys that he had brought in his backpack. And when he left the room, the eldest son, Dion, actually bumped into him. Um, he had managed to get free somehow and he was trying to fight off Thomas. Mm. Um, but he was threatened with a gun and the 19-year-old went back to his bed where his girlfriend was still tied up. Um, and now Thomas N obviously had a grudge against him and killed him first. Uh, he murdered awful victims by slitting their throats while they were tied to their own beds. Wait, oh so the older son bumped into Thomas when Thomas was leaving? Leaving the youngest son's room. Oh. Oh. Yeah. But do we think that... He could have gotten out. Like, if the timing was different, then... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everything God. about this oh, is like, like so the, hot. He had like the best chance of like doing something as well. Yeah, you know what I mean, because he was like he's nineteen. Like, he's as nineteen. Well. He's like much more threatening, stronger probably than yeah. the others. Yeah, oh. in the one that the younger son that um, Thomas assaulted was the one that Thomas tried to kidnap like before. Well, that the he crime. was thinking. He of was like eyeing. Yeah, that's oh like God, so disturbing. He, like, it, was, he, like, it was like premeditated. Like, it was him. him. He was the reason for all of this. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's like disgusting. Yeah. Um. He doused awful bodies in fire accelerator, which wasn't even good fire accelerator. Actually, the media's kind of shot on him and said that um, if he had used proper fire accelerator, the house would have completely burnt down. Um, and then they wouldn't have, like, And they wouldn't him. have found him. So he was kind of like a bad murderer, I guess. Um, kind of good, but kind of bad. Kind of good, but kind of <laughs> bad. And he disappeared from the house at around 11 a.m. And at 11.19, neighbors saw smoke rising from the house and called the fire department and... We know what happened from there. Some of the first people to actually spot the fire were Carla's parents who arrived to bring gifts to their grandchildren for the Christmas party that they had planned that day at noon. Oh no. That is awful. And the the father actually, or the grandfather, saw the smoke rising from the house and tried to go in and he couldn't even reach the second floor and then they were part of the people who called police. But oh, that's like so. so it's like Christmas as well. Like no, twenty first so goosebumps. Oh, me too. Twenty first oh no. of December is like the best time of the year. Exactly. It's this like is so oh. like. It's like supposed to be a Christmas holiday filled day, and then there's just and the fact that they were so close. When the neighbor came to get the dog, they were so close to getting out. When and the then, when the older yeah, brother got yeah. loose, if so they close. Arrived a bit earlier, maybe. Yeah. Like, if they had like. Um, or if the boyfriend hadn't had a conference that day or whatever it yeah, was. There could have been so many like work, alternative yeah. endings, but yeah. this, this one happened, I Ugh. guess. It's so it's sad. It's absolutely awful. Um, police actually intercepted um, Thomas N. the day before it was announced to the public and to the families, which is odd, I guess. Um, and he was caught with his packed backpack in his house in Rupersville. Um, in an image released to the press... We see evidence components 11.1, 11.3, 11.4, and 11.7, which imply that there were like other pieces of evidence. Um, chronologically, it was 
six pairs of zip ties tied together like handcuffs, like ready to go. Um, we have one roll of duct tape, one uh, loaded gun, and also ropes, which were tied together like handcuffs, so he could just like tighten them and be good to go. So he he was planning other stuff. He was planning other stuff essentially, and oh. we'll we'll get into the planning other stuff later, um, because it gets even worse. Other stuff on on. Other people, yeah. Oh. So. oh my god! Oh my god! Thank God they like got it before. Yeah, before yeah. anything else. Before happened. anyone else got like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And actually, the trainers at the gym he went to said that he always had this backpack with him. No. <gasps> Even when he was like working out, he kept the backpack next to him. Wait, that so the is disgusting. Was with stuff. Well, we don't know, but this is the backpack that was like found with the stuff in it, and the fact that he always kept it next to him, even when he was at the gym. Yeah, because that's don't already do that. you're like, like you're suspicious. The yeah. yeah, the fact that he would never like let it leave it's his like side. Well, they just assume they're like him. I know, yeah, you know, but it's just so disgusting. It was like his go-to bag, basically. Wait, so so wait, what else so was he Um so I think we'll just go in a little bit into the background of Thomas N and yeah. his life. So like, who is he? It, who is he? So not much is actually known about him, but as far as I could tell, I think he was born in Rupertsville, but he definitely went to primary school there. And actually his teacher said that, open quote, he was neither particularly good or a particularly bad student, end quote. She also said that she never noticed him in class. <laughs> Um, he then went to the, I might butcher this, Nguyen Canton Schule Aarau, which is a new cantonal school in Aarau, um, where he wrote his uh, mature thesis on Osama bin Laden. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. make of that what you oh. will. Oh. Um, and actually, this was like one of the best schools in the region. It was based on the Alte Kantonschule, which uh, was the first secular high school to open in the entirety of Switzerland. And they opened in 1802. And Einstein actually graduated from there. This is kind of interesting. Um, in autumn of 2003, he began, he began studying law at the University of Bern, but he dropped out after a semester. He re-enrolled in 2003. Yeah, no. he re-enrolled in 2004 for the same course and he dropped oh. out again after just one semester. <laughs> just what? No. Just and he no. re-enrolled at the University of Bern again in 2009 to study medicine, but he dropped out after what? an undetermined what? amount of time. What was he doing? <laughs> like, like, he was getting like a little bit of information yeah. and then just he was leaving. Trying to get, like, he was trying to know medicine. medicine and like law and then he's like, right, I'm good. And I'm done. Um, nice. This might be like, an important factor, you decide. But four years before the crime, his father died violently and unexpectedly from a heart attack. And the two were hmm. actually really, really close. So a lot of people think this was maybe like what like pushed drama. him into this like spiral, I uh, guess. Jeez. And also worth, worth noticing, uh, noting is that for like a part of the time this was all going on, the family's dog was like there and he didn't kill the dog. We don't know. And he has dogs too. He had two huskies. Which is actually how they, well, well, how some people think they found him because they found husky hair and they could DNA like trace it back to his huskies. Oh, huskies come in clutch. I guess. (laughs) Anyway. Anyways. (laughs) Um, The trial was set in March um, of 2018 and was expected to last for full days. Um, There were so many witnesses and people to be questioned in the case that the district actually had to move... um, the trial from the actual courthouse to another room in like the police building because it was just too small and they had too many people to like interrogate 
and only 13% of people who applied to watch the trial were allowed in because so many people like applied to like be there and see the trial mm -hmm. which is like insane but I kind of get them is there anything about how he was like in the trial like how Thomas yeah. he was looked really shabby and not put together and also he, was he like cool was he like freaking out yeah I don't know but he said so basically he was given the opportunity of choosing his own lawyer and he declined and he was just assigned uh, a public defender uh, which she uh, kind of pushed toward a more like therapy oriented way being like a lot of psychiatrists said that he could actually get better and he could like make massive improvements not become like a fully functioning member of society but actually make significant progress um and with therapy and so she also pushed towards a more like inpatient therapy approach than like hard prison um and actually during the trial it was revealed that he kept a notebook in which he kept open quote neatly filed pictures of boys between the ages of 11 oh. and 15, each with their name and other information, such as place of residence, school, etc. end quote. Oh. He was, like, going to become, like, a serial yeah. killer, yeah. rapist, And so he actually he yeah. targeted two families, one in the canton of Solothurn and another in the canton of Bern. And on the 11th of May, the day before his arrest... He uh, even drove his own mother's car to the family's house in the canton of Solothurn, um, complete with his backpack, oh. of course, um, oh and God. a letter Wait. from school management that this other boy. Ew! Left. No! Oh my no! Gosh. No! Oh, so he was gonna. He do was it. planning on doing it again, and he walked around the neighborhood and he called the family twice. Um, once there was no connection, and the second time they picked up and he hung up and drove home. So. Oh my god, no, if he did that again. But, do not be scared, he was followed around the clock for like three days before his arrest. Like, they knew it was him, for three days they like tracked him, waiting for the perfect moment to arrest him. So, he wouldn't actually have been able to like go through with this. Okay. But uh, the but, fact that he but the was fact, going the fact to that do he it was again. And he had this little <laughs> he book. He really thought he uh, did it. He really he had thought this little he got book. And that, of like, course, disgusts me. he uploaded the footage that he had taken during the act to his laptop and he looked at it again and again and again that is and disgusting again. so he was like oh get, like getting off to like his yes. like and that's he, to watching oh. like him like yeah. molesting a, a 13 year old boy yeah that's who horrendous. he after killed along <laughs> yes. with his entire family yes and actually the most recent time was six days before his arrest which was, like, insane that, like, so long after oh, he was still watching this It was, like, so close to, like, arresting him before he, like... And yeah. then, of course, they found that he had stored a total of 1,004 images of <sighs> child pornography... Oh, my um, God. On an, ...on an external hard drive, plus over 10,000 images on uh, his, like, internal hard drive, so... That is no so one, like, much. Sus of his, like child like Peter no one Peter, like found out until he was like caught oh my for god the that's crazy like people like that exist like people like and there that are people like walking around and we see this them. is what makes it the most eerie for me he was a young boys football coach no the boys he coached yeah. were the age of his like victim there were 13 to 14 year old boys and he and like a couple of days before he was caught he was seen 
at a football tournament, like coaching the boys, like bringing water to them. That's and disgusting. And stuff. That's it's disgusting. Like horrendous. The, do we know if he assaulted any of the boys? But he didn't, though. He actually never acted in real life on anything apart from this. This. Yeah. But he had like a really like intense. It was really like sick though. Like you, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Eventually, on the seventh of September, um, after over a year after his um, arrest, the following charges were brought against him. One count of arson, multiple counts of murder, multiple counts of predatory blackmail, multiple counts of deprivation of liberty, multiple counts of keeping unlawful hostages, multiple counts of sexual acts with a child, multiple counts of sexual coercion, multiple counts of criminal preparatory acts, and multiple counts of child pornography. So, And how... He's in prison now. He's, he got life in prison, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, I know, I know. And he was actually put on suicide watch up until his trial because the best ones do, don't they? <laughs> so yeah. he was uh, put on suicide watch, which uh, cost taxpayers over 150,000 francs to keep him alive. So that was a really controversial. That was, like, not worth it. Decision. So they, like, can't do that. So, Yeah. That's it. He got life in prison with no possibility of parole. He'll I'm never glad. be out. Like, like, yeah. I'm glad. I feel like I read something about this where, like, it was like, oh, there's, like, a possibility of him being no. released. I was like, no. 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 <laughs> no. He'll never be out. And they, were, they settled on, like, a therapy deal. And, like, if he... Five years of progress, he was, like, a different facility. But essentially, he'll be in prison for life, so... That's horrific. Yes. So, yeah. Yep. That was today's case. That was today's case. Hope you guys enjoyed, but not disclaimer. Not all of our podcast episodes will be true crime. So if you didn't enjoy this one, then like. And I love that we had three disclaimers in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So (laughs) that was that. That was that for today. Um, Hope you join us again next time. If you don't, it's okay. That's okay. But like, you should. You should also follow our Instagram, Curiosity Killed the Cat Pod. Um, to stay up to date with run by Olivia <laughs> anyways thank you very much thank you for ya. listening bye 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 <laughs>